everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. Cam Newton's watch continues on the same day that Panthers fans are wondering whether he will be healthy enough to go at it against Arizona in Arizona on Sunday. The SEC Network's Paul Feinbaum took a couple of shots at Cam Newton. One, we're not watching the beginning of the end of Cam Newton. It is the end. It is over for Cam Newton. He's a train wreck. He can't do what he used to do. Now, I will welcome your opinions along those lines or your opinions defending Cam. We have offered what we think he can and cannot do moving forward. We've been critical of Cam after each of these first couple of weeks. Feinbaum continued with this, and I think for the record, there are fair opinions about Cam Newton's future as an NFL franchise quarterback. There are fair opinions, I won't say at both ends of the spectrum because the extremists are usually wrong, as is the case with Cam Newton. But there are fair opinions, more critical and less critical, more defensive or less defensive of Cam Newton. I'll offer mine, I'll welcome yours, and intelligent people who are paying attention certainly can disagree. Feinbaum added this, Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton. Forget the sympathy toward him. Is that part fair? Even if you could defend Cam Newton's future and your opinion, you don't think he's got it anymore. He's 30, he's beat up, he's taken too many hits, he'll never be a pure pocket passer. Heck, I happen to believe in that part of the criticism. Maybe you think he's done. Maybe you agree with that part of the analysis from earlier today on ESPN. Are you also on board for the second part? Forget the sympathy toward Cam Newton. He has never cared about anybody but himself. I have some thoughts on that. We will welcome yours as well. We always include your phone calls on our syndicated statewide unprecedented platform here at the David Glenn Show as we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. We have a lot more than just the Cam Newton watch, though. Can Colin Kaepernick is in the headlines. The Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded. He is both an erratic personality like Antonio Brown and a big-time productive player like Antonio Brown. Do the pluses outweigh the minuses? And Jalen Ramsey, by the way, is still in his prime. Antonio Brown may be on a slight decline as a new member of the New England Patriots who's been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Ramsey's in his prime. If you need a corner, you will get a big-mouthed, erratic personality, but you will also get a two-time pro bowler from Florida State who's been one of the best talents at the cornerback position that I've seen, college or pro, over this last decade or so. We'll get into the Kaepernick stuff. He wants a job, and one of those close to him says he's in the best shape of his entire life. Remember, he has not played since the 2016 NFL season, but he was truly outstanding for several years in a row, 2012 to 2014. We all know the side conversation on Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if we'll get into that today, but given the quarterback injuries and other issues, it's not as much a Panthers question because Cam, while dealing with a hurt foot, is going to be back. If not for Arizona, well then, 
a foot injury of that sort is not season-ending the way Ben Roethlisberger's elbow surgery was in Pittsburgh. In fact, the representatives of Kaepernick, according to reports earlier today, have reached out specifically to, among others, the Steelers, no more Big Ben, the Jets, Darnold has mono, his backup just got lost, hurt, and injured for the season, his third stringer was like signed a week ago or less, it's chaos in New York, Drew Brees out for a while with the Saints, that's the other team that according to reports today, Kaepernick's representatives have reached out to, more on that story, your questions, comments, and circus sideshows are welcome on that as well. Washington State's eccentric head coach, Mike Leach, is in the headlines today. We've given you his advice on weddings, especially if you're the groom. His input on everything from cats to cargo shorts and other non-football matters. Yesterday or early this week, he got into a breakdown of Pac-12 mascots. Now, this is a semi-tongue-in-cheek question of the day of the day but since leach i thought did a heck of a job breaking down the pac-12 mascots whether you would imagine a pro wrestling style battle royale where all of those dudes the sun devil is representing arizona state and there's a duck in there representing oregon and a beaver for oregon state or the cougar of mike leach's washington state whether you imagine a bracket style playoff mascot versus mascot until you get down to the final two or you imagine the battle royale it is every man for himself in pro wrestling it is every i guess bird being an other mascot for himself or herself in the battle royale of mascots we'll give you mike leach in his own words as we ask just for creative purposes if there were such a battle royale or a bracket-style playoff based on ACC mascots, who would win and how would it go? I will actually take your answer to that question as we goof around a little bit while celebrating the college football weekend that awaits us. That includes nationally Notre Dame at Georgia. It includes Auburn at Texas A&M. It includes Michigan at Wisconsin. All of those teams I just mentioned, except the Aggies, are undefeated, and all six are nationally ranked. Closer to home, we have App State visiting UNC. We have NC State hosting Ball State. Charlotte. With a winning record, the 49ers go to Death Valley to take on number one Clemson. Wake Forest is still undefeated, and I would surmise one of the best teams in the ACC. You know I've been on the Deacons bandwagon all summer and all fall. 3-0 Wake hosts Elon, a really good team in the FCS ranks. ECU hosts William & Mary. We're headed there with the big tailgate tour. It is the family weekend for the Pirates. We are a Glen Family Pirate Nation group, so we are headed there with our tents, games, continental tire toss, and other shenanigans. We will be there to watch Mike Houston even his record with the Pirates at 2-2. Two two. Why? Because those who host the big tailgate tour rarely lose on their home field. It's a little positive karma that these coaches and players and schools get for inviting us to be a part of their festivities. 1-800-849-2761 is going to be your ticket into the program. Rick Pitino is in the headlines today. He and Louisville have walked down lawsuit lane, and we have an update. Steph Curry is in the headlines since the Americans finished a lousy seventh in China at the World Cup of basketball. A lot of questions about who's going to say no to Team USA for the Olympics. Remember, the Summer Olympics every four years, they do come back next year. 2020 is an Olympics year. 
Steph Curry threw his name into the hat in the last 24 hours. An uptick on what was the worst performance by our country using NBA players in three decades. There's no doubt about that. Kobe Bryant had some really depressing observations to make about how he thinks the world caught up a while ago, and now we're just going to be a win-some and lose-some country when it comes to international basketball. I thought those were way off base, and as long as more American NBA stars say yes when their country comes calling, we will get back to regular gold medals. Not everyone, I agree with Kobe to that degree, but we will win a large majority as long as our best players in big numbers continue to say yes. That's a busy day, man. Colin Kaepernick, Cam Newton, Steph Curry, Rick Pitino, the college football weekend. Darren Vaught is my producer. He has a few questions where I'm only allowed to give one-word answers. If you like the question, you can give your answer or ask me to elaborate on mine. It is incredibly difficult for me to give one-word answers. That's just how I was born and raised, I think. But I will do exactly that as the evil genius Darren Vaught forces me into those parameters. You can jump in on the NFL week to come. The Colin Kaepernick story, the Cam Newton under fire, Paul Feinbaum comments. We'll get to Patino. We'll get to Steph Curry. We'll get to Mike Leach's fun stuff. And certainly we'll take your calls on the all-ACC mascot battle royale. We will play Mike Leach's words on the Pac-12 mascots and then invite your calls on that. Darren, quickly, your questions for me. I am allowed only one word in each of them, right? Not one for all three combined. Just one, one word. word. These for will each be of the three. as opposed to true-false questions like they were yesterday. Okay. These, will, these should be yes, no, maybe, something along those lines. One and they all pertain to college football. Just something to chew on. Since I'm about to be put on an incredibly short leash, <laughs> let me tell you that intern Will is here representing William Peace University. If you want in on anything I mentioned, you can dial now 1-800-849-2761. We do have Panthers tickets, Hurricanes tickets, meaning hockey, and NASCAR tickets. We'll give away another four-pack to the Bank of America Roval 400. That event is Sunday, September 29th at Charlotte Motor Speedway. You can learn more at charlottemotorspeedway.com if you'd like to buy tickets for yourself. We will give away another four-pack today and more a little bit later this week. All right, as we welcome those calls mascot goofiness and more serious stuff what are my questions number one dg should nc state head coach dave doran use more than one quarterback against ball state this saturday yes will appalachian state get slaughtered at unc on saturday the way the mountaineers did the only other time these two schools have played no can the charlotte 49ers keep it within four touchdowns on their trip to face Clemson at Death Valley this weekend. No. Okay, that's it. That's all, all I right, got. All right, well I am allowed well to elaborate later yeah, sure. on any of those I three. I mean, your name's on the show. All yeah. right, <laughs> yeah, my name's on the show. You are the evil genius. I try to follow your lead as often as possible. I'm just kidding. Darren is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He does have, he does have a hidden inner evil genius that does come out from time to time. Even then, he somehow manages to be a, an outstanding professional and a good friend to the David Glenn Show. All right, you want in? Paul Feinbaum was wrong about one thing that he said about Cam Newton. And what he said about Cam's future as an NFL quarterback is a matter of debate. I told you yesterday where I'm deeply concerned about Cam's future. If you really think he's going to be a consistently strong pocket passer, you're looking at a different world than I am. Whether he has enough tread left on the tire to go back to being the dual threat MVP caliber type dude, you know, that your guess is as good as mine and we can discuss it. 
But there was part of those comments earlier today that I found way, way out of line. I will elaborate. You can elaborate. We'll talk mascots. We'll listen to the crazy rants and musings of Washington State head football coach Mike Leach, who not only has another top 25 gridiron squad on the field, he has more pearls of wisdom on what might happen should mascots go head-to-head against other mascots out in Pac-12 country. We'll have some fun with our own in ACC country. 1-800-849-2761. Ticket giveaways later. Those headlines and your phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Jonathan Jones of Sports Illustrated will be our NFL guest of the day in about 40 minutes. Roddy Jones of the ACC Network, former Georgia Tech star, will be our college football guest of the day. That's in hour three. Your phone calls are invited before, after, and in between. We have a lot of college football, NFL, and NFL to get to. Two of our favorite audio clips of the day involve, in one case, Washington State head coach Mike Leach talking about mascots. It's worth your time if you haven't heard it yet. And then we don't like this per se, but it certainly was a conversation generator when the SEC Network's Paul Feinbaum was asked about Cam Newton. Now listen for two different observations here. As someone named Gonzalez on Twitter asks me, DG, how can you say Cam will never be a great pocket passer consistently when the front office has never put together a good enough offensive line for us to find out? That's a good question, Gonzalez, but if you listen to the David Glenn Show more consistently, you would know your own answer. And that is this. Why can I make that statement about Cam being a consistently great pocket passer? Because unlike many, and I would argue a large majority on Twitter, I've done my homework. And whereas somebody like Russell Wilson in Seattle often has mediocre to bad offensive lines, let's be real about this. I am not a Cam hater. I spend half the time talking about him as a potential Hall of Famer and one of the greatest dual-threat quarterbacks in the history of the league. But because I don't wear blinders, I am professionally trained like Liam Neeson in the Taken movies, except he has a different area of expertise that could be dangerous to you if you ever kidnapped his daughter. I have a different set of tools, and they are journalistic and legal follow-the-evidence tools. And if there were evidence suggesting that Cam Newton could be a consistently strong pocket passer, man, I'm all eyes and all ears. Bring it on. But when you actually do your homework, which is what I take seriously and try to deliver for you all every single day on our show, what is my motto? Save your strongest opinions for the stuff you actually know something about. One of my greatest pet peeves is those who are loud and angry in areas where they haven't done their homework. I don't mind criticism. I don't mind disagreement. It's the hateful, ignorant people who haven't done any homework and then are loud and angry and often hateful toward other people. Those are the worst among us. You are not going to catch me offering a strong opinion without doing my homework yet. Even the people who don't like me in surveys about this show will say, yeah, Glenn does his homework. 
If I were in a court of law in front of his judge, I'd want Glenn making my arguments for me because the guy always shows up with an argument. Whether or not I agree with him is different, but the dude brings the evidence to the table. I appreciate that. When Russell Wilson, with some horrible offensive lines and some mediocre ones, can still manage in six of his seven seasons in the NFL to have at least twice as many touchdown passes as interceptions, that's notable. When guys like Tom Brady, of course, usually, not always, but usually with better protections, go 12 straight years with at least twice as many touchdown passes as interceptions, when Aaron Rodgers, sometimes with really bad offensive lines, sometimes really good ones, been a mixed bag for him in Green Bay, 11 straight years with twice as many touchdown passes or more as INTs. Yesterday, I gave you the long list. Half the starters in the NFL in any given year, at least twice as many touchdown passes as interceptions. Sometimes it's like a five-to-one ratio. Russell Wilson last year, 35 TVD passes, seven interceptions. And some of these, again, are behind mediocre to bad offensive lines. How many times has Cam Newton managed twice as many TD passes as interceptions in his first eight years in the NFL? One time. I don't throw out my opinion based on nothing. I throw out my opinion based on my homework, my research, the evidence, the facts. Where do I follow those facts? Cam is both, when healthy, a wonderful-to-watch, amazingly dangerous dual-threat quarterback, and we'll see if he can do that moving forward. That's a question, and it's a fair question. But looking backward, the body of evidence tells us he's had one pure pocket passer season that is even above average by NFL standards. And it was his MVP season, of course. He was phenomenal. He had 35 touchdown passes and only 10 INTs. When it is kind of a baseline expectation for NFL quarterbacks to throw twice as many touchdown passes as interceptions or more, again, Brady and Breeze and those guys are often 5-to-1 ratios, 6-to-1 ratios. Cam in his best year was more of a 3-to-1 ratio. And in his other seven years, couldn't have twice as many TD passes as interceptions. That is a reflection, of course, in part that he's such a dangerous runner. But it is also a reflection of the fact that he is not great at the same things that Breeze and Brady and Russell Wilson are great at when asked to throw into tighter windows, when asked to make really precise, like a surgeon's scalpel throws. The evidence is not there to support your theory, Gonzalez on Twitter. The evidence is overflowing to support mine. That's why I made the statement that I did. Here's what Paul Feinbaum said earlier today on ESPN. Listen for both. He makes an observation about Cam as a QB, and frankly, I think some of Cam's critics are right. You can listen to see if you agree with Feinbaum here, but listen to the whole thing because he makes an observation about Cam Newton as a person as well. Here's Paul Feinbaum earlier today on ESPN. We're not watching the beginning of the end. It is the end. It's over for Cam Newton. I don't know why we are mincing words and trying to find a pretty way to put it. I think it's, he's a train wreck right now. He can't do what he used to do. And, and quite frankly, uh, forget the, the sympathy tour. Cam Newton has never really cared about anyone other than Cam Newton. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't be given the opportunity. But he, he's, he's brought this franchise down. It's over for Cam Newton. Nice knowing you, but you're done. All right, two different things there, right? 
Cam Newton, the football player moving forward, I am not as down on Cam as Feinbaum is, but at least intelligent minds can disagree. My request is always just pay attention. Don't offer opinions when you haven't been paying attention. Do your homework, et cetera. And there is fair reason to be skeptical about Cam as a pure pocket passer. And there is reason to wonder about Cam's health, given what happened last year and the second shoulder surgery and his no-running-bad-passing start through two weeks this year. There's, there's plenty to criticize there. And, in fact, we have made him worst of the weekend on our show, not just us as the hosts, but many callers as well. And I didn't obliterate somebody for pointing out the obvious bad, just as we've often pointed out some obvious and not-so-obvious good in Cam Newton now in year nine with your Carolina Panthers the second part of that conversation I'm telling you folks please mentally write this down if you can't physically write this down it takes effort and perspective to be fair to another human being when you are assessing them it takes effort and perspective to be fair to another human being when you are assessing them it does does that sound counterintuitive I don't even know as a trained journalist and lawyer it's been built into my DNA. I wouldn't make, I would, I mean, Darren, you know me so well. If I'm going to talk about Cam Newton and, and Feinbaum's words included, forget the sympathy toward him, but also Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton. Okay. We can talk about Cam Newton, the person, and that's okay. And you might have more negative feelings. Somebody else might have more positive feelings. But you know what I'm never going to do, I hope, and if I do, call me out on it. I've been at this a long time. I have not made this mistake very often because it's so serious to me. Even people you dislike, make sure you put in the effort and, per, and per, consider a perspective as you're trying to be fair to somebody. Even if you dislike them, that doesn't mean everything they do is wrong. Just like if you like somebody, that doesn't mean they're immune to any criticism at any time. I mean, that's an insane approach to the world. Although I know some in higher office do exactly that on a daily basis. That's what I find so disgraceful about it. It is an intellectually dishonest approach to life or politics or sports or society or whatever. Oh, the good people are always good and the people who vote against me or disagree with me are always bad. I mean, I've never met a successful, intelligent person who took that approach to life. Never. Not one time in my entire experience, and I've known thousands and thousands of people. There's a better, smarter way. It takes effort and perspective to be fair to someone. If I was going to contemplate saying Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton, I mean, the sympathy part of his comments, that's up to you. Maybe you're a sympathetic person, maybe you're not. That's just a matter of opinion. But Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton. If I thought there's like a filter between my brain and my mouth that would scream, DJ, you better do some research on that. Is Cam Newton really only about Cam Newton? Which is what was said earlier today. What, what would you want to know? Ask yourself. I'm telling you, this is a difference. You want a, a moment of truth, a look in the mirror. Am I really a bad person or, or do I have a chance to be a good person? If you don't do some homework, if you don't put in the effort or offer the perspective before saying Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton, who are you? What are you? Do you deserve anybody's respect for your approach to such things? That's outrageous. Now, if you do your homework, listen, when I talked about Antonio Brown as an erratic, reckless, bullying, sexist, misogynistic jerk, 
while also being a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver. Did I just say that because it felt right that day? Or did I do my homework and elaborate for you statewide the circus lifestyle that has led to lawsuits and complaining baby mamas all over the place and other ridiculous stuff for him in NFL locker rooms and in his personal life in ways that matter because if you get too erratic on those personal things, it can and does affect your play on the field and the way it works in your own locker rooms, right? I didn't just say it. I backed it up. If you peel the onion on the statement, Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton, do you know what you find? Do you find him invisible when a hurricane hits the Carolinas? Has he ever created his own foundation? Is he one of those guys that puts his name on a foundation but never shows up somewhere in person? If you did that homework and found all of those things, oh, man, another hurricane leaves people homeless and a huge chunk of our great state underwater. And Cam's nowhere to be found. If that's what you found, and, oh, he has a foundation, but he never shows up at any of those events personally, if that's the homework you did and that's what you found, I would welcome your input. Why? Because you tried. You tried. You peeled the onion, you looked into Cam's personal background, and you formed an opinion, a critical one. There's nothing wrong with criticism when you can back it up. But I've covered Cam from afar for nine years now. And I followed him a little bit when he was at Auburn. Now, you could say his dad did some disgraceful things, right? I mean, he shopped his son around to recruiter, recruiting universities as if he were human cattle. Yeah, I'm, I'm selling my son like he's a cow. I mean, come on. That's disgraceful behavior. And Cecil Newton has to answer for that kind of stuff. But has Cam been in trouble? Like, you know, Jameis Winston has been in trouble for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, he has not been in those headlines. And when you do your homework, you will find that Cam Newton's name is not only on the Cam Newton Foundation. When he has a United as One program for middle school students where they learn about diversity and social change, guess who's there? Cam Newton. And when he created or when the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance had its annual investors meeting, Cam didn't just lend his name. You know what? He showed up as a businessman who wanted to invest in a community that is one of his homes, his home away from home, if you will. Did you know in his native Georgia, his foundation created an academic tutoring program that helps kids who otherwise might not get it after school? And guess what? He occasionally shows up there. Did you know that he created a mentoring program also in Georgia? to help those who may come from different family backgrounds and might not get the same type of mentoring from good mom, good dad, grandma, grandpa, guardian, coach, or somebody else. And that's just a short list. I mean, there's more than that. But that's like off the top of my head. And when there was the hurricane and Julius Peppers made his donation as a native in Julius's case of Eastern North Carolina, and Pep was there like throwing sandbags and bags of ice and, and literally getting dirty in the muck, Cam Newton in one context was there physically. And I remember in the Julius Peppers context, matched a donation of six figures or whatever. So he's there with his money. He's there with his mind. He's there with his charitable contributions. The Charlotte Observer and the News and Observer this summer wrote this after, again, doing their homework. Quote, from a strictly philanthropic standpoint, 
Cam Newton is one of the greatest players in Carolina Panthers history. That's all. That's entirely off the field. From a strictly philanthropic standpoint, Cam Newton is one of the greatest Carolina Panthers in history. And, of course, they detail a lot of these things, some related to the Cam Newton Foundation. He's involved with the Charlotte-Mecklenburg County Schools. He is associated with the Second Harvest Food Bank. He has an annual celebrity kickball tournament. And everybody close to Cam, even if they have some criticisms to make, you know what they'll tell you? He is absolutely genuine for his love of football. There's nothing fake about that, according to those who know him best. And he's absolutely authentic when it comes to his love of kids. And he's there. He's participating in the kickball games. He doesn't just lend his name to seven-on-seven football events, which are all over. I think he's in like four or five states with the Cam Newton Foundation seven-on-seven football events. He's there interacting with the young men, high school-aged, who are at a very formative stage of their lives. All of those things are real. Does that sound like Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton? Now, if you said this, Cam Newton is an attention-loving, look-at-me personality. Heck yeah, you're right about that. Then is that a criticism? I guess it's a criticism. Maybe, maybe not. The Superman poses after something as small as a first down. He does love to dress elaborately. I just roll my eyes at those who say that the guy with the extra-large Wrangler jeans and supersized belt buckle, he's cool, and he's crafty, and he is my kind of guy. But when it's an urban outfit from inner-city Atlanta, all of a sudden Cam gets criticism. At least don't have a double standard. If you don't like people who dress fancy, well... Don't let the guy that dre- that wears a suit that is more expensive than you could possibly buy, and or that I could possibly buy, for that matter, right? It, those guys want to look their best by their definition, and yet it's crickets. And Cam wants to look his best, not by your definition, but by his. And yet it all comes out of the woodwork that, you know, he's this or he's that. Yes, he is an attention-seeking look-at-me personality on the field and off the field in ways that I just described. He is also genuine with his love of football, genuine with his love of kids, and genuinely invested and present physically in those and other charitable and philanthropic endeavors. That's a guy who cares only about himself? Back to my original point. It takes effort and perspective to be fair to another human being that you're criticizing. Don't skip the homework part. Don't skip this perspective part. That's what Paul Feinbaum did. Unless he wants to back it up with another mountain of evidence I'm unaware of, I just gave you the darn Everest of a mountain of information in how Cam Newton has personally invested himself in his communities in Georgia and North Carolina, after hurricanes and in the normal course of things, with police organizations and school organizations and celebrities. I mean, come on, man. Be better. Just be better. Be better toward anybody, large or small, someone you know personally or someone you don't know personally. Take the time and the effort, add a layer of perspective, and be wiser, smarter, and more fair with your criticism. There is plenty of legit criticism about Cam Newton's future as a quarterback in the NFL. 
My opinion might be different than yours, but I will respect yours if you back it up with evidence. The Cam Newtons never cared about anybody but Cam Newton is an outrageous, unsupported, baseless, angry, mean-spirited statement that he doesn't deserve and nobody deserves. Criticize people. Thoughtful critics make everybody else better. Baseless, ignorant critics, lazy, ignorant, cheap shot artists drag everyone down toward their sometimes heartless, hopeless pits of negativity, misery, and often loneliness. Did I make myself clear about that, Darren? Sometimes I have a hard time, you know, wearing things on my sleeve. I keep a lot in. You okay? Did I? Did I? Yeah, no, it's crystal clear. Okay, crystal, crystal clear. clear. Crystal clear was what I was looking for. On the other side, I'm looking for phone calls. Cameron, Will, Gary, Steve, JP, and others. I have a lot more on college football, including the three questions where Darren allowed me only one-word answers. Probably a good idea, Darren. More on Rick Pitino, Steph Curry, and the other headlines of the day as well. Colin Kaepernick is back in the headlines, and Cam Newton is the victory of both some legitimate criticism and some lazy, ignorant cheap shots. Back after this on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Cameron in Greenville is next up. Will is in Winston-Salem. Gary's in Wilson. Cam Newton is under fire even as he's recovering from his foot injury. We'll see if he can play against the Cardinals on Sunday. The SEC Network's Paul Feinbaum earlier today on ESPN criticized Cam as a quarterback, says it's not the beginning of the end. It is the end. It's over for Cam Newton. He's a train wreck. He can't do what he used to do, period. Now, I don't feel exactly that way, but there's all sorts of people on the Cam Newton spectrum that can defend why they're optimistic or pessimistic about his future. If you're looking backward, remember, just do your homework. Looking forward, it's just your crystal ball against somebody else's crystal ball. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong. We'll see how it plays out, right? But Feinbaum added that Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton, which I find outrageous, disgraceful, and an un acceptable way just to treat another person nothing wrong with criticism when you can back it up but it takes effort and perspective to be fair to another person and Feinbaum skipped that that step and I gave you a litany of ways that Cam Newton has put his face his dollars his physical presence all over communities in Georgia and North Carolina and that makes the second statement by Feinbaum outrageous and indefensible. We can talk about the quarterback part because it is front and center, one of the biggest forks in the road in the history of the Carolina Panthers. Guy has two more years on his deal, counting this one, 40-plus million owed to him. And everybody from the owner, David Tepper, to the offensive coordinator, Norv Turner, with Ron Rivera in between, obviously you have to figure out what do you think you have, what do you think he can be as a passer, as a dual-threat runner, they're not asking him to run through two weeks, and now we know in part because of physical reasons. Can he ever get back? Feinbaum says no. That's okay. That's just an opinion. But is he all about Cam Newton? Man, I got a mountain of evidence suggesting that it's a lot more complicated than that. Cameron, welcome to the show. 
Hey, what's up, DG? Um, I agree with you, man. It, for Feinbaum to say that Cam Newton doesn't care about anything himself, but himself is, is outrageous. This man, this man practically may have ended his career last year that many people forget when he was trying to save a touchdown tackle on the Steelers guy when he messed up his shoulder. Yeah. He, he put his body on the line. And I think of the 2015-2014 Panthers, Cam Newton was all about the kids. Whenever he scored a touchdown, he gave the ball to the kids. Um, you could say that he's all about himself, but I'd say he, like, he's all about himself in a good way. Like, um, you don't hear anything bad in the news about him. Uh, there's lots of stories of him going to children's hospitals around for sure. Charlotte, yeah. visiting kids and stuff like that. But for DG, to, for Feinbaum to say that, to me, that just sounds like it's coming out of hatred towards Cam Newton to him. And, and yet, Feinbaum has praised Eli Manning, and, and then he says Cam Newton's ruling in the Carolina Panthers franchise and, and gives praise to Eli Manning. Well, Eli Manning probably has a part ruining the Giants franchise. So I, I just think that it was a hatred statement by Feinbaum. Now, I do think that Cam Newton, what's made Cam Newton so great is his ability to run the ball, and I just don't think that he'll be able to do that anymore with these. And that's a fair question, right? I don't know the answer to that. You don't know the answer to that. If I'm the Panthers, I better figure out the answer to that because I said on yesterday's show, if I'm David Tepper, I'm asking Cam Newton, do you think you can still be that dual-threat quarterback? And if his answer is no, or if Norv Turner's answer is no, well, then the Panthers have a big problem on their hands. And anybody who thought, you know, Will Greer was just a, ah, it's only the third round, let's draft this Charlotte kid out of West Virginia at quarterback, those, the Panthers didn't want us to put any weight on that. The reality is you don't use a third-round draft pick or higher on a quarterback unless you think there's the possibility you need a succession plan. And Cam ain't going to be the pure pocket passer. It's just, again, I gave you the evidence earlier. It's not there. He's not. That's not how he's built or wired. He did it once in eight years and only once. And he can be, I don't know, at 30, is he so beaten up he can't be a dual threat anymore? At 30 years old, but with a lot of hits on that body and with a lot of surgeries in the rearview mirror. I haven't given up on Cam as a dual threat quarterback if he's healthy. But he can't be wobbling around on a leftover sprained foot from his preseason appearance back in August. That version of Cam is not going to produce good results. So unless he gets closer to 100%, you don't say 100 exactly because most football players say that, you know, come mid-September, nobody's at 100%. But if he feels 90%, if he feels he can move, do you think you can get the one-yard Cam on third and one, fourth and one? Or are you hurting so bad that you're going to lose your footing and get tackled by a safety against the Buccaneers, which is what happened? How do you compensate for an injury? I can tell you, I have a torn left rotator cuff because I tried to gut it out through shoulder pain. And when you try to gut it out through something that doesn't feel right, sometimes you make stuff worse. And that happened to me in an unimportant way because I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player. But it's happening to him, perhaps, in important ways. I give him credit for sticking his body in there the way he has for his team, right? I'm also not blind to the quarterback play where he didn't dive on that fumble, right? I'm not blind to Cam's warts. That was a questionable moment, man. It's the Super Bowl. Why didn't you try to dive on that? Preserving his body there, even while risking his body 100 other times. You don't have to be naive to either extreme, right? All the evidence matters. The critics are right when they say, yeah, Cam should have dived on that. Critics are right when they say Cam needs to be a better leader than sulking under his towel on the sidelines. The critics are right when they say Cam needs to do a better job answering legitimate questions from the media after games as a representative and a high-profile one 
of a proud franchise like the Carolina Panthers. Those critics are right about many things. I'm critical about his ability as a pocket passer. But again, I have the evidence to back it up. The rest of this stuff, folks, Cam has stayed out of trouble. Cam has risked his body for this franchise and you, the fans, most of the time, even if there are exceptions to that rule. And Cam's investment in multiple communities, I mean, geez, all you have to do is try to pay attention, and you can see that the guy is way more than only about himself. More of your phone calls on the other side. Jonathan Jones on the NFL in 10 minutes. Roddy Jones on college football later. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo U and Agriculture U. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Okay, to start today's show, Darren Vaught asked several college football questions. I was permitted to give only one-word answers about State and Carolina and App State and Charlotte and Clemson and even others. I'm allowed to elaborate later in the program. Hour two, though, begins with more NFL. Jonathan Jones, longtime Panthers beat writer, now with Sports Illustrated, SI.com, and MMQB. That's for Monday Morning Quarterback. JJ drops by on the other side. One of the best corners in the league wants to be traded away from the Jaguars. Former 49ers star quarterback Colin Kaepernick has his representatives calling NFL squads because he says he's in the best shape of his life and he wants a job. Remember, he already collected a seven-figure financial settlement from the NFL. So did Eric Reed of your Panthers, by the way, in that collusion-related grievance case. Melvin Gordon is still holding out on the Chargers, but said on social media he's going to play somewhere this season. We'll talk about all of that and more. Jonathan Jones, Sports Illustrated. Jo Roddy Jones, no relation, best I know, from the ACC Network will be our guest on college football to start hour number three. We will take more of your Cam Newton, Steph Curry, Rick Pitino, Colin Kaepernick, Mike Leach, and football questions and comments in between. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn Dukies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by 100. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show.